0: Welcome to the Mapped Out Money Podcast, where we help you understand finance and manage your money so you can get on with living your adventure. You're listening to episode number thirty.
1: And today's episode is sponsored by the Mapped Out Money newsletter. So every week, Hannah and I send out a newsletter where we share our latest podcast episodes or YouTube videos that we're putting out, and we also share a little bit about what we're learning or where we're adventuring at the moment and if you would like to hear from us on a regular basis and dive even deeper on personal finance and using money to live your adventure, we would love for you to join us over there. So just simply go to mappedoutmoney.com, our homepage of the website, and right there you can sign up to be added to the newsletter.
0: Down at the bottom, right? Yes,
1: down at the bottom. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So to the scroll bottom. down to the bottom, right there on the homepage, you'll see it and you can join the newsletter there and we hope you will. So For today's episode, we're going to start off with uh, a quote from Warren Buffett, but actually it's from an email uh, from a guy that we've talked about before on the podcast.
0: I was going to say, I think Uh, we've done 5 a.m. Joel. I think we've done 5 a.m. Joel as one of our
1: stuff Stuff we we like before. Yeah, Yeah. so
0: He's got a really good newsletter and it feels like pretty regularly he inspires uh, a topic that we want to do on the show. And so today is no exception. This email came a couple of weeks from Joel, a couple of weeks ago, um, and he was highlighting this Warren Buffett quote. So here is the quote followed by the email from Joel. Beware the investment activity that produces applause. The great moves are usually greeted by yawns. So Joel says, I love Warren Buffett. His advice and quotes aren't just applicable, that word, applicable Applicable. 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 Like an apple. His advice and quotes aren't just applicable to investing. Many of them can be used as good life advice. Here's a quick reminder for today. The small and boring self-improvement activities you're doing each day are the moves that make you great in life. Slowly forming good habits might not be exciting or warrant public applause, but they are the key to a long-lasting, wealthy life. Stick with the boring and proven moves. Have a great day. Joel.
1: So obviously, I love the quote, and um, but I love I love Joel's follow up email there as well, um, and just the encouragement to stick with the boring and, and proven moves. And one of the reasons we wanted to do this episode here or now is because it, we feel like it really aligns with some of the previous topics we've just you know recently talked about, um, like not letting entertainment kill your dreams and defeating the like I don't have time to do this mindset. This topic is really similar to those all of these are more or less about you know establishing some sort of vision for your life and then doing like these really boring small habits to move you towards that vision
0: yeah so this episode to me is almost like a simplified action step for the not letting entertainment kill your dreams and like then defeating the i don't have time mindset like
1: here's some practical stuff yeah that you can do making
0: yawn worthy moves is a great way to bingo to do both of those things
1: bingo all right so going back to the quote let's talk about the first half um he says beware the investment activity that produces applause and we we thought this concept was very similar to keeping up with the Joneses but not because you're jealous of what they have, but because you might be jealous of how. They're perceived by other people, uh, and so you're jealous of the applause they have received, or the, um, you know, put uh, what what people have done to put them on a pedestal or something like that. So it's very similar with the concept of keeping up with the Joneses that people talk about a lot in personal finance. But I don't think people talk about it from this perspective a lot, which is we will oftentimes choose certain things not based on what other people have, but based on what they're getting praised for doing. So you may decide to imitate certain behavior around the career you choose or the car that you choose or the house that you choose or anything like that, not because you even want what they have, but because you want the praise that they've received for what they've done.
0: Yeah, and it may not even come from like a place of jealousy. It might just come from like this logical thing. Like all of us want people would prefer for people to think good things about us. Mm -hmm. So if we're watching these people, buy a new car, buy a super nice house, get that degree, and people admire them or whatever for it, then, of course, it's only logical for us to go like, okay, well, I'll do those things, and then people will admire
1: me. And and sometimes it's it's subconscious, too. Like, we see that they've done that, or we see that our family really prioritizes or values a certain thing, and so we just sort of fall into that certain path as well. Yeah, I mean,
0: we've talked about, like, that's basically exactly how we decided what to do in college.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to speak for you, but certainly for me, when I when I was like, I'm not going to be a musician anymore, which is what I thought it was going to be forever. I love that. That's so funny. <laughs> uh, I like went from, I'm going to be a musician to uh, I'm going to be an engineer because that was a respectable thing. Like it was in my family, it was very much um, if you're going to go to college, you have to get a real degree. You can't get something you know, quote unquote, real degree in in their minds, you can't get something that doesn't really lead to a job, it needs to pretty much directly correlate to, oh, you have this degree, you go do this thing. And so mechanical engineering was perfect for that. I got a degree in mechanical engineering, I become a mechanical engineer. It's like, here's the job title, it's built into the title of the degree. And and yours was, you know, similar, I think, in a lot of ways.
0: Yeah, same thing with physical therapy. And um. I still – I don't want to let it pass too easily that, like, up until senior year of high school, your career plan was to be a Jonas Brother.
1: That's – okay. <laughs> That's not exactly right. My career plan – even then, I was trying to do, like, the respectable side of it because I was going to go into the recording side of it. Oh, okay. I was going to go to MTSU and do their, like, recording, mixing, engineering – see, has it still got that engineering it word in there? It still have engineering. Okay. Uh, you know, side of it because – I knew being a Jonas Brother wasn't uh, <laughs> <laughs> the best career, the best You don't need you know, a college degree plan. to be a Jonas Brother. That's right.
0: Not that the Jonas Brothers don't have
1: college You do kids. need to be a lot more attractive to be a Jonas Brother, though. Nah, that's not true. But going back to this quote, beware the investment activity that produces applause. It's not just investments, right? It's uh, Obviously, Warren Buffett's talking about legitimate investments uh, and investing in things that you know people might applaud you for. But it's also what you invest your time in and where you put your money and those sorts of things. So if you're listening to this right now, you may think that ultimately we kind of sound like a broken record uh, with this first half of the quote, because it really just comes down to why are you doing what you're doing? Are you doing it because uh, the applause that you perceive other people may give you? Or are you actually doing it because you've assessed your own priorities and values and this? Yes, this, this aligns with your own priorities and
0: values. Yeah, I think that's something that we always want to be careful to hammer home. We're not hating on any specific decisions. We're, we're just trying to highlight, like, why are you doing those things? Make sure what you're doing, you're doing it for the right reasons and that it's actually aligned with what you value.
1: So kind of going into the the second half of the quote, uh, the great moves are usually greeted with yawns. I I love the way he says that.
0: Yeah. It makes me think like, okay, most of the things that are going to move my life forward in a really meaningful way, like most people that I tell about them probably aren't going to appreciate what I'm doing or or what I'm doing just may go completely unnoticed. Yeah.
1: I think that's it. A lot of the time, I think that, like, uh, this is very true of athletes, right? Um the sort of greatest athletes when they do a documentary on them, or they, um, you know, show kind of the behind the scenes. Yeah, you've got some some rare exceptions that maybe it truly is just ridiculous talent. But the vast majority of them spend hours and hours and hours every day, of every week of every month of every year to do what they do. And those moves typically go unnoticed by most people until, whoa, they just won, like, their fifth NBA championship. That's crazy. And it's like, yeah, well, you know, they've been putting in the moves that are greeted by yawns for decades.
0: Yeah, it's kind of, isn't it Gary Vee that says, like, there's no overnight successes? No, there's no overnight yeah. success.
1: Absolutely not. And so I think you're right. I think it's, it's either sometimes they're just not noticed at all, or if they are noticed, it's definitely not applauded.
0: So when we were thinking about this and – where it's presented itself in our life one of the stories that we kept coming back to was our third wedding anniversary and so like that was back in 2017 the summer of 2017 we had just bought the airstream a few months before that we had bought just bought our truck to be able to tow the airstream
1: mm-hmm.
0: um, and we were right in the middle of trying to fix the airstream
1: up and it, it's important to say here for context so you were you had you had just graduated but yeah, the graduated semester in but the semester before you graduated your last semester of grad school you you had yours in, my
0: final big your internship. final big
1: one was in knoxville yeah and so we were living uh, an hour and a half away from each other basically and so because we knew that we were going to be moving into the airstream after this when our lease ran up on the apartment we left i moved in with my parents <laughs> You moved in with your parents um for basically the summer while you well, finished things up and were, you know, sewing up there and working on things up there. And then I was working in Chattanooga with my parents and then was also living there trying to renovate the airstream at night. So we're living in we're living an hour. Yeah, I feel like that apart. was a really
0: confusing way of saying that. I had moved in with my parents for that internship and mm-hmm. had been there. And until graduation. That's right. And then, like, I was just finishing up Airstream projects there and was kind of back and forth between my parents and your parents' mm-hmm. house. Um, but, yeah, you were living at your parents' house and then commuting into Chattanooga for work. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you were still finishing up with that. We very much so had this, like, okay, divide and conquer yes. for, like, for a like few a more couple weeks of wo- yeah, until yeah. we get into, it was, it was a few months yeah. total, but... Um, at this point we were closing in on, uh, home, home on, stretch. yeah, hitting the road, but so we were about to celebrate our third wedding anniversary and several of, um, the friends kind of in our friend group at that time, like, uh, would celebrate all their anniversaries going on trips. Yeah, and so we kept getting the question of like where we were
1: going. And we were married, um, around the same, like there were a lot of weddings that happened all around the same time. So yeah. a lot of our friends had similar anniversaries. Mm -hmm. Like within a month or two of ours.
0: Yeah. And so we did get asked like several times like, oh, where are y'all going to go for your anniversary? And at that point, I mean, you know, we've we've always budgeted. I think we're better at budgeting and using our money effectively now than we've ever been, but we've always tried. Mm-hmm. And so even then, like, we knew going on a trip was not our priority. No. Like, our priority was putting our time and money into the Airstream yep. to make it what we wanted to be. Well, and
1: I was working crazy hours yeah. that summer, too, because I was like, any extra ounce of overtime they would let me have, I was taking it yep. so that we could just pour, pour it money into the into Airstream. The Airstream. <laughs>
0: yep. Yep. Um. yeah, so we I mean, we were hyper focused at this point. And so I mean, you know, we were we're kind of like, I don't know, maybe we'll go to dinner or something. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. (laughs) So as it turns out, when our anniversary did roll around, we were right in the middle of putting our beautiful stickwood up on the walls when it's stickwood.
1: It was stickwood, and it was taking
0: forever. A
1: lot longer than we thought because
0: I didn't. I wanted it in a is it diagonal. A, is it a
1: herringbone? Is that what they call it?
0: Mm, no, it's just diagonal. Okay. This is just
1: diagonal. Basically, instead of putting wood on our walls horizontally or vertically, we try to put it on a 45 degree angle. Which, when you cut everything on 45 degree angles, and you do that, Have the rounded side curved, rounded Airstream. airstream
0: It's fun. It takes a lot of time. So anyways, so we were right in the middle of that. So um, I left from Knoxville to do like the, what, hour and a half-ish commute from my parents to your parents' house. Picked up Hardy's hamburgers on the way. Oh, yeah. So we sat outside the Airstream in the bed of our beat-up truck and ate our hardies and then we were like okay let's go inside the airstream and see what we can get done
1: i think i remember my brother coming home he
0: was like wow is this what marriage this, looks like is this, we're like is uh, anniversary?
1: i guess so <laughs> yep we got things to do man
0: it's very romantic yeah but anyways so as you can imagine uh that anniversary while we appreciated it and that kind of epitomizes a lot of the things that i think we both value in our relationship like working on things as a team and, um, you know, having this vision for our life and, like, doing what it takes to make it happen, um, all of that stuff, that anniversary was that. And so that's still one of our favorite anniversaries, like, to this day.
1: To me, I I don't want to say that, oh, anniversaries are just another Tuesday because it's it's not that. Like, it is important to pause and reflect and be grateful and celebrate things and milestones and all that stuff. Um, But sometimes you're in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. And for us, going back to what you just said, being in the middle of it together was like the best way that we could celebrate to me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree. So, and again, like all relationships are going to be different. Yeah, of course. But for us, yeah, that was a very yawn worthy anniversary celebration, but it moved our relationship and our life forward in like a really meaningful way.
1: And a lot of it too is, I think it's important. There's a couple of things we can take away there. But, you know, one of the other ones is when you're, like, so clear on what that vision is, sometimes you just have to keep pushing. Because for us, it was like, hey, in two months, literally, because our anniversary is in June, August is when we're going to be, like, setting out in the Airstream. It was like two months, we're going to be, like, in the Airstream, traveling all the time. Like We don't need to take an anniversary trip right now. So even though it's not on our anniversary or whatever – We've got this clear vision in our heads of what we're working towards and we're so close and we can see the light at the end of this tunnel. Let's just keep pushing a little bit further.
0: Yeah. So we just had different priorities Mm -hmm. from from our friends uh, at that time. And um, I think, again, this was a lesson that I learned, like in PT school when I decided to do travel PT instead of just get a, a normal, like permanent job that was met with some resistance from professors and everything. And thankfully I had a few girls uh, a couple of years ahead of me that had graduated and were nice enough to, to kind of uh, coach me through that whole process. And I remember talking to one of them and her saying like, look, these professors that are pushing back on you, she's like, you know, they did that same thing to, to us too. And she said what I had to realize, cause she was super studious, super people pleaser, like I was and everything. And so we both like, really struggled with that like oh my gosh maybe they're right she said i had i had this realization of these are all people who have built their career not only around physical therapy but around academia and so of course they're not going to think that my best career move is going to be a travel therapist Mm-mm. they're going to think i need to like settle and like be able to participate in research and be able to, to do all this stuff because that's what they've done to get their career to where it is. But she was like, but I don't want their career. So there's nothing wrong with their career. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that they're happy with it, but that's not my goal. And so those, I don't need to make the same decisions that they made. And so that was, I remember that being like a really eye-opening conversation um, when, when she said that. And we've seen that play out in our life a lot. And so I just think that that's important for everybody to keep in mind. Like, hey, all of these people around you may not have the same goals and values that you have. And so if they see you making a decision and they kind of like turn their nose up at it or question it or whatever, and you feel really confident in it and you assess the situation and and feel like, yeah, we're just working towards different things then it makes sense that you're making different decisions. So don't don't let somebody's reaction like scare you off from doing something if you feel like it's really aligned with like your values and priorities.
1: And I want to underline a point you're saying here, which is we are not at all experts at this. And there's a lot of times that um, someone else questioning a decision that we're making has caused us To like we may not be that confident in it and so we we will go and question and go like gosh are we are we making a mistake here like is this is this maybe not something we should be doing like i think that there have been times where we have gone and questioned it but we're able to we're able to come back and lean on like no okay this is our vision this is the values and priorities that we have so therefore no i feel confident in my decision i don't need to follow whatever it is they have because we want different things like like it's I just want to make it really clear, like we, we struggle with that, I think, at times, and we will oftentimes have to go back and question it ourselves. Um, but by doing that and remaining open to it, hopefully you you will come to the conclusion based on your own values and priorities and, yeah, and vision. Yeah,
0: and not just on external input. Yeah, because we're not saying anything like wise counsel or whatever you want to call it is great. And like, uh, we're thankful for the people who provide that in our life. And we may or may not end up, doing whatever they recommend but we're thankful to have their input and to have that factored into to our thought process and i know like you especially have um like a small group of guys that you meet with that we both super value their opinion and everything and um a a lot of times you will take some things from our personal life and be like hey this is kind of how we're thinking about this like does anything jump out at you guys as Maybe we should reconsider or, you know, what what do you think there? So we're definitely not saying like not to get that input and not to take somebody having a different opinion from you into account and to consider all those things. But it's it's again like carefully considering like who that person is, what their priorities are, what their connection to you is, how well they know you and you, your situation Um all of that stuff.
1: Well, and that that small group is a perfect example because those guys all have different visions and values and priorities for their own life. But because we all understand each other's like individual vision for his life, we can speak into and say, hey, you've told me that this is your goal. So if that's your goal, then this decision may or may not support that. Mm-hmm. Whereas when random family member XYZ person is like, well, I don't know about that a lot of times they're not speaking from a place of understanding the goals that you're going after yeah. they're speaking from a place of like well i wouldn't do that
0: yeah for who knows what reason yeah all that to say i always feel like we like way overcomplicate these things but even something as simple as that like hey people have different priorities and you're going to want to do different things there's like so many layers
1: to it there's a lot of layers I know. And it's, but it's nice to i think it's just nice to, to recognize like hey that's a true thing you know uh and even if it's a simple and you real you read it and you go like well duh we all have different goals and priorities in life, so that means that we're all going to take different steps or you know make different decisions in certain areas. That sounds like a duh thing on the surface, but yet subconsciously we forget that a lot mm-hmm. and we don't act in that way. Yeah. All right. So going back to the great moves being met with yawns, I think this comes out in a ton of places in uh, personal finance, and so you know whether it's buying new cars. Posting your, you know, fancy dinners that you go out to on Instagram or going on, you know, those luxurious vacations or anniversary trips uh, and living in the, you know, biggest, most extravagant house that you can, you know, talk about. Like all of those things get you tons of like likes on Instagram and oohs and ahs and comments and text messages and congrats, um, but they they won't really move you forward in your financial life. And we'll say
0: they probably won't. Probably we won't. We don't yeah, know your sure. situation. Maybe
1: they might. But a lot of the time, they won't. You know, and that's the whole thing with this quote, is most most of the time, great movies are met with yawns. Whereas, on the other hand, if you wake up early... And, you know, read your Bible or work out or prep for the day or look at your budget. Whatever you're doing in the morning to prepare for the day, if you spend less money than you earn, if you make a plan with your money, if you pay cash for cars rather than taking out loans for cars, which means you may not be able to buy as nice of a car, if you prioritize, you know, quality time with family over, you know, whatever you're posting about on on social media, that stuff's not going to get recognition. You're not going to get likes for that. You're not going to get oohs and ahs for that. Definitely not from the masses. But in the long run, it works out a whole lot better.
0: Yeah, and and I think like like we alluded to earlier in the episode, these kinds of actions are the things that lead to us thinking of people as an overnight success. You yeah. know, we see people that we admire and are are super successful, however you want to define that. And we're like, oh my gosh, that just seems like it just happened so easily for them. And it's like they've been chugging along this whole time doing these little things that go unnoticed to help make them the best version of themselves that they can be and uh, to really live their life in a meaningful way. And so, yeah, that does. It's kind of like working out. You know, you work out for a long time and nobody can tell any difference in how you look. And so you're like, what the heck? Like, I'm doing all this work and I look the same way. And I think James Clear talks about it when he talks about like a um, like a miner, you know, like mining
1: diamonds, yeah, 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 yeah. coal. What do you mine? I don't know. You mine.
0: <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> so he talks about like hitting the rock. He's talking about the
1: stonecutter.
0: Okay, stone cutter, yes. whatever. So he talks about like hitting the rock over and over and over and over again yeah, yeah. and then all of a sudden it like shatters. Yep. But what you didn't see were all the micro cracks that were, that were happening, happening inside or yeah. yeah, yeah. So you feel like you're just hitting it and not doing anything, but then all of a sudden you get this like
1: explosive result. Okay, the working out's a really interesting example because to to your point, you're seeing yourself in the mirror every day. And so you definitely don't See those changes in yourself, and and your family members probably don't see those changes in yourself. But if you do have a friend or like somebody that you don't see that often, like I remember my cousin Blake, Blake, if you're listening, this is like exact. I, I will never forget this because Blake, um, because of like where our families lived and just everything going on, I didn't actually see Blake all that often. We would get together, I don't know, a couple of times a year, and I remember distinctly not seeing him like. For probably a year, because we get together at summer uh, at the lake over the summer, and then I see him at Christmas or whatever. But at Christmas, you're wearing like sweaters and baggy clothes and stuff, so you're not really seeing anything. And then the next summer, we go t- back to the lake, and it's like, oh Blake, what's up, dude? He takes his shirt off, and he's like chiseled, like a like a Greek god. He got really into like competition. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say he did competition at one point, at one like point. wearing the speedo and the whole thing, but. He, uh, I mean, out of nowhere, to me, it was like, what in the world yeah, to just Nick, happened? He worked to you? out like once
0: and came yeah. out all chiseled.
1: And it was like, oh, for the last like however long he's been just crushing it, and uh, that's it. Anyways, that that came to my mind. Blake's so funny,
0: that. just over there, like quietly, quietly doing quietly just thing. grinding yeah.
1: and out. Yep. But that's what it is with your finances too, because you do, um, you go one week without eating out or ordering takeout or whatever, and, and you're you like, feel
0: like. You're hurting. I You're should, feeling that. I should
1: have a ton of money. Why do I not have a ton of money?
0: My Yeah, my budget should look way better. And it's like, oh, no it, no, it hasn't reached that point yet. It's tough. It's tough. So that's like what we talked about a few weeks ago, you know, like that really sucky part of budgeting that you just kind of have to like just trust the process, mm-hmm. trust that you will get through it and that it will get better and that you will see results. But you got to trust the process. So as is always our goal with these episodes, we wanted this to be actionable. And when we looked at the calendar, we figured out that the day, if you listen to this on the day that it's published, which is Monday, October 26, 2020, that means there are 66 days left in 2020. And that happens to be the number of days that a lot of scientists say it takes you to kind of implement a new habit. And so we wanted to do a yawn-worthy challenge. And so the challenge is to pick something yawn-worthy that you can implement in your life to move your life forward in a meaningful way and start it today. So don't wait for the new year. Don't wait for the start of a new week. Don't wait for whatever you normally wait for. Just get started today. And
1: if you're listening to this uh, on the 27th or the 28th, Get started today, today too. You can start today, too. Don't wait till next Monday.
0: Yep, that's right. The 66 days really doesn't matter. Just get started and trust the process. And uh, yeah.
1: And we're going to do this with y'all. So, um, Hannah and I have both chosen a yawn worthy move. And the point of being yawn worthy is that. It is yawn-worthy. It's I know. Not I was like, "Is mine thing. too
0: boring?" And Nick was like, "That's exactly the point." I
1: was like, oh, "It's I like a yawn-worthy so. move."
0: Yeah. So here's my yawn-worthy move. Um, I just got. I, I never drink enough water. Like I'm terrible at drinking water. So I just got this like 18 ounce water bottle, and my goal is to drink five bottles full of water a day.
1: And and let's be clear here. She's had other water bottles, but you just got one that you th- you were telling me like the way the. The lid and the straw thing is designed. You, like, yeah, don't hate drinking drink. at it. Yeah. But to be you were fair, saying the other one, I had
0: one before, but it broke. I had a right. glass one before, and it broke. But so you were just I saying the other one. one was,
1: like, I don't know. You didn't like drinking at it? I had a camelback one. This
0: is way too much detail. It wasn't a camelback. It was a therm thermos, oh. like a... And, and it was really made for coffee. So, like, when you drank out of it, it came out in little sips. Like, mm. you would want your coffee to come out. It didn't come out of, like, a water water bottle spout I was I was
1: trying to make the point that get something that makes doing your yawn worthy habit easier
0: yeah so go buy a new water bottle (laughs) that's what he's trying to say go to target pick yourself out a nice water bottle
1: bottle that will encourage your yawn worthy habit
0: yeah there you go that is from the budget guru people right there so go do it
1: that's right so 18 ounces a day is is your yawn worthy habit uh are you drink you're drinking more than that a day wait what how many of those are you drinking a day? five five of these a day yeah okay so that's like nine 90 ounces, ounces right yeah 96 no Nin- 90. 90 yeah math is hard <laughs> all right <laughs> people are like
0: hey because <laughs> i listen to this guy about money
1: uh okay my yawn worthy habit uh my yawn worthy habit is to basically each week find excess money in our budget that we can send to our investment accounts boy
0: if that doesn't sound boring i don't know what <laughs> does
1: yawn it is a a minimum we've got to do a minimum of ten dollars a week so let me give you the context here um For the last year and a half, two years, really, Hannah and I, we've invested a little bit, but we ended up sort of shifting away from investing just slightly to hyper-focus on crushing our Airstream debt. And so we were super-focused mostly on on three things, really, the Airstream debt, paying it down – getting our business stable. We've had a lot of fluctuation in like freelancing versus mapped out money business versus Hannah's job over the past two years, and just trying to like stabilize the business, how we're making money and getting our income stable where we can pay ourselves the same amount every month, no matter what. And then thirdly, saving up excess money for a house down payment. And so those three things together um, have meant that we haven't been investing as much money into assets, the market, real estate, et cetera, as we want to. And so now that we are pretty pretty stable in the business we've been paying ourselves a consistent salary for Close to a year now, the exact same amount every month. Um, The Airstream's paid off and we are about to buy a house.
0: And we've got emergency funds. We've got
1: emergency funds. Yeah. 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 So, like, I want to get back to regularly investing and start beefing up where we're going. Um, But rather than, you know, trying to just jump all into that, um, I'm going to ramp up slowly and start slowly siphoning money away from the budget to build that habit back up. So, all that to say, my yawn-worthy habit is every week for the end of the year, at the end of the week, I'm going to try and see where we've spent less than we intended, uh, where we can find some excess money, and uh, throw it into our investment accounts. So those are our yawn-worthy habits.
0: I, I appreciate you doing that so that I don't have to yawn while doing it.
1: <laughs> All right. Uh, that being said, y'all, if you would like to follow along, but going back to the, the sponsor of this episode, um, we would love for you to sign up for the newsletter and uh, mm-hmm. because we are going to share our uh, success or failures in our yawn worthy habits of drinking water and investing in the stock market. <laughs> People are like, yeah, why would I want to sign <laughs> <laughs> to
0: get updates on
1: this? But if you do want to get updates, uh, go ahead and sign up for the newsletter and uh, do email us about your yawn worthy habit that you're focused on for the rest of the year. We, uh, we would love to hear from you.
0: Speaking of stuff we love.
1: Stuff we love. What do we love?
0: We don't, we like things. It's stuff we like. Stuff we like segment. This is my favorite Stuff We Like segment that we've ever done. And I don't know that it will ever be knocked off of that pedestal. It
1: might be the top.
0: Last night, Nick and I went to Sonic.
1: And we are, I don't even know, taken back in a time machine. This is
0: like 1030 at night. So, you know, yeah, that's like... We're out We're late. out late.
1: Oh. We're like, hey, let's go get some Sonic. We'll like eat some ice cream and then and then go back to the airstream. So we show up at Sonic and um immediately it's taking forever to get our order, but we don't mind because there's a group of what, like ten maybe to start no, and then just like tens and tens more yes. of high school kids yes. start like just Just it's like the mecca for the city.
0: All that needs to be said is it is the Mean Girls scene where like all the teenagers like transform into the like the the animals. You know, it's like the watering hole scene in Mean Girls. That was what we were watching. Exactly, it was incredible.
1: So all these fifteen-year-olds basically um, are hanging out at the Sonic and they're being loud and obnoxious as high schoolers do and first got our
0: windows rolled down we're listening propped up on the dash we're just laughing
1: at how old that we are
0: making up commentary to go along with all of all of these things that we're watching play out that we really don't know what's going on with long story short manager ends up like coming outside and you know screaming at him multiple times so like the first time she kind of came out she's like y'all need to be quiet you know blah blah whatever (laughs) and then like she goes back inside and you know the kids are obnoxious kids, as you would expect. And, you know, they totally ignore her.
1: This happens, what, two or three times, uh, probably. The funniest time, though. The times. funniest time. And the whole time again, y'all. We're we're sitting here going, like, gosh, we're old. How old are we right now? Because this just feels so like a different world. And uh, finally, she comes out... And pulls her, you know, pulls her mask down and, <laughs> and yells, listen, I cannot hear the orders of actual paying customers. You kids need to get out of here and and, and, and quiet down. Otherwise, I'm going to call the 12. Then she goes back in. And Nick and I both look at each other and we're like, the 12? the 12? As I'm thinking that and like looking over at Hannah about that, this one young kid stands up from her table, goes, peace, I'm out. I don't do 12 and walks off. And I'm like, I, she distinctly I said the 12. I was
0: like, I don't we, know we what have to be world. mishearing that. Like, that makes no so sense. So then we
1: get on Google and immediately I say, what is the 12? Uh, Urban Dictionary pops right up. And evidently the 12 is teenage slang for the cops or the police. Used in a sentence, it would be, yeah, man, I got to get out of here because the 12 are coming. <laughs> oh,
0: gosh. So, yeah. And just to fully round out this picture... Like she said, she had paying customers that she was trying to hear. These kids descended on I mean like locusts on the Sonic and are sitting at all the like outdoor tables with a jug of like tea from another just from like a grocery store or something. So literally brought their own tea and are just taking up all the space at the Sonic and being rowdy and obnoxious and like blocking the whole parking lot and everything. So it ended up taking like forever to get our order. And when the manager lady finally brought it out, she's like, Oh my gosh, I'm so sorry whatever we're like hey listen this is like the best night of our lives you do not need to apologize for this this is amazing so it was fast forward uh,
1: another what 15 20 minutes and the 12 did end up coming yeah they did (laughs) (laughs) because (laughs) because a couple of kids started getting into a fight
0: yeah at one point i I turned like nick finished his his shake or whatever and he was like waiting for me to finish mine i said oh i've still got a good bit left in mine. like we can go ahead and and leave and head back and he was like are you kidding this is great we're not leaving (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> We've had this much entertainment in all year.
0: I know. So we were at the Sonic. Sonic doesn't close until like 1 a.m. We were there for a while. We were only there till like midnight-ish, I think. But it, that was a late night for
1: us. It was late.
0: Very entertaining. But I said, we need to be very careful how we describe the situation. Because at one point, you were like, man, I just love watching teenagers. I was like, yeah, we're going to need that. Don't
1: say that that way. <laughs>
0: <laughs> we're going to need to explain that. But, but anyway. It, uh,
1: it was quite... Funny, and so uh, we legitimately do like Sonic ice cream, and it was uh, hilarious when it broke out at the local felt Sonic. felt like it
0: was really well-spent money for the amount of entertainment that we got from it. Yeah. That is what we are liking. So with that said, why don't you go ahead and wrap this up for us, Nick? Sure.
1: Uh, to wrap this up, I will just restate the, uh, the Warren Buffett quote that we love, which is, Beware the investment activity that produces applause. The great moves are usually greeted by yawns. So what yawn-worthy move are you going to focus on for the rest of the year? If you want to sign up with, uh, sign up for our newsletter and follow along with mine and Hannah's Yawn-worthy Habits, go to our homepage, mappedoutmoney.com. You can sign up there. You can also email us, nick at mappedoutmoney.com, and tell us about your yawn-worthy habit. We're uh, excited to hear from you. As always, thank you so, so much for listening, and we will see you next week. <laughs>